and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Marcel and Ben are back for yet another episode. Uh, apologies for missing a weekend. Uh, I was away skiing, which was work technically. So I had a lovely time, but uh, far, far too uh, too busy to stick a microphone in front of my face, unfortunately. But you have work? Are... Yeah. A job? What's that? Yeah. Yeah, real work that actually pays. I'm like just sitting here chatting to you guys. <laughs> uh, but we've got a lot to get through. We've got had some cracking races this weekend. Lenza Heider was immense. I absolutely loved watching the women's race in there. And I hope that we we will be going there year in, year out. And then the men's racing over in uh, Kvitfjell was epic as well. Lots of stories to talk to you about over there um but as we missed a pod last week we've got to start with the dave riding appreciation podcast segment uh which was uh, just a flipping epic day uh from dave coming second in that second slime in garmish christopherson uh won then dave then uh, strasser in third dave went from 19 to second in a classic second run charge uh but um yeah i, I don't know sort of caught me a little bit by surprise in terms of like having watched that first of those two garmish days where the snow was horrendous uh, and then the second one you're like oh just it's gonna you know what what are we in store for here and sort of a bit deflated going into that second slalom and then dave not so great on the first run and monstering the second run all of a sudden it went from being a bit of a i don't know a bit of a damp squib to being a riot ben why don't you kick us off what'd you make of that that was that was a great race uh there was a lot of chat about uh tristan's second round corset um, oh yeah the, the new anti-costelich yeah, I mean, it wasn't too bad. There was like, the third it, gate it? was ridiculously wide, but we've all been at races where there's just a couple gates where you're just like, how on earth am I going to get to that? And if you think too much, you end up just binning all of your speed and time worrying about that gate. And Dave just skied it like he's probably skied set, set that wide a thousand times in training. But it was quite interesting to see the other people that had those kind of big charges on the second run, Marco Schwartz when it was less about putting power through that you know however repaired or not so repaired ankle the when it was more just the touch and the and and kind of grace on the skis that he normally has was really fast and as, as was Brathen he had a bit of a bad run on the on the first run there as well so it wasn't like oh only only going first people got down they, they just skied it really well um, and, and as always, when Dave's on the podium, Lena Strauss is just standing next to him. Um, <laughs> nice to a bit fast becoming best mates, just hanging out on the podium together all the time. Marcel, you you love a you love a sort of course course set. I love it. I mean, rant, I, I actually thought it was fine. Like it just a bit just a bit dodgy, but it worked. That's all that matters in the end, right? Yeah, I think I love I love that I did love the way that it was a different set. How many times do you just the course set almost, especially now without anti Kostlich sort of just goes by the by and it's all about the racing. I love the way that it actually threw something else into the mix. And I love listening to some of the guys. I mean, obviously, because it paid off a day, but it was very nice to listen to, you know, from, from our perspective, in terms of a British perspective, listening to people moaning about it and and uh, just other people just saying, no, it was brilliant. Just get on with it sort of thing. And uh, and um, what did Christopherson say? It was a, a men's course or what was it a course for the men or something or not? The well, boys? I'm sure he said that. Of course he did. He won. <laughs> but he's been bleeding about only, it in GS as well, though, hasn't he? About only the absolute straight. best can win on that course. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, it's exactly why I just champions. won. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Through, I mean, all that race weekend threw up some pretty epic results. Uh, was it the uh, uh, Spanish guy, uh, Salarich? Salarich, seventh from 49. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, but fourth, fourth on the after the first round as well. Like, and he did it both days pretty much in terms of epic skiing. Yeah, it was it was really impressive stuff, and like, what a lift that's going to be for people going into next year. I mean, he, with, with those two results, he's probably made World Cup finals. The points are so spread out in slalom. Yeah, um, yeah I think he's, in, he's into me. the top twenty-five. He is at the moment. Perfect. No, it is, it is not. It was nice to see, it, it, and I think that's what's been so good about the slalom especially on the men's side is just winners coming from literally everywhere and, and i don't know there's never been a consistent well top five probably i think the only person i doubt there's even one person in there that you can say would get a top five all of the time because everyone keeps dnfing 
So, you know, like gone are the days of, well, you got, you know, Ben, when we first started doing the pod and it was like, well, we've got to take Christofferson and uh, Hirscher out of it. And then we basically got to pick a winner from somebody else. And now, like, you can't take anybody out of it because there's no dead cert for a top, even a top five, let alone a podium. Whoever you pick, any one of them could bail at any moment. Yeah. It, may, it, it makes used to be it. just don't pick Manny Feller because he'll definitely ski out. <laughs> and then until the last few races, he's been one of the more consistent races this season. Yeah, epic. It's been so good. It's sort of, it's such a shame that we're what ten days away from the end of the season already in terms of World Cups. But uh, Marcel, would you anything to add on the uh, on that slalom side? What did you think? Well, I, I did think it was very it was very nice actually. But it's so close now, and I mean, who's going to win? That's a question, right? It's anyone can they can even win. Yeah, because was he fourth? Is he fourth in the standings? I actually should have probably brought the standings. Yeah, he's so it's Christofferson three hundred and fifty-six, Bratton three hundred and seven, after eight races, which is actually crazy. Yeah. Um, Drasser two hundred and seventy-eight, and then Dave with two hundred and sixty-two. So he's like only ninety points behind, with two races to go. Anything can happen. It's epic, isn't it? Can no, you imagine crazy. if he wins it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, no, I can't. I can't, but the queen, the queen, <laughs> yeah, we, are get, we, are getting, we are getting pissed <laughs> if it is. <laughs> <laughs> we are jumping on a plane straight to Marybelle and we are having a party. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's really cool. Uh, we'll, we'll crack back over to the slalom stuff later on once we've gone through the results from this weekend. But we've got to start, I think we've got to start with that uh, women's GS from Sunday. Um, I thought the hill there and the slope in terms of the snow was just brilliant. And I, how much of a better race is that than something like uh, Semmering or Maribor or something like that, where the piece is just so easy? Like that piece really challenged them and some of the best skiing all season. Uh, annoyingly, Ben, you managed to get Tessa Worley right yet again. Uh, took the win. Brianoni with a great second run. And then Hector... Uh, in third yeah obviously i've got my smuggest of smug faces on uh thanks to tessa uh pick her every gs for four years and eventually uh she gets a couple in one season makes yeah. it look like i really know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. but i mean that that kind of hill suits her and i've said that before about when we're in places like kranskagora like once where you have to fight you can't just kind of like cruise down, not cruise down but roll your edges and, and generate power yeah. that you have to fight a little bit for it tessa's one of those skiers that will always get there as is pretty much the rest of that probably top top five or six really yeah you, those kind of hills and conditions definitely show you what you want to see from from the world cup we said it a bunch of times so when the when the women raced the shabbing we said that's the kind of race we want to see more often and again lenza hyde has done it as well so i can't wait to see if fist takes them back That'd be really good, Marcel. What do you What do you think? Would you make? I do, I do love Lenzahari. I think they have such good races all the time, and it's also it's also tricky to ski there. So it's like actually some action, and I mean the girls look pretty good, most of them. <laughs> um, the first the first steep bit is is very challenging. Um, I've done that before, and it's very very challenging. So I thought all I was, in all, that was I was going to ask you that was those first six gates like because they looked hilariously difficult just Honestly, just like getting so, any grip so steep you you can't really make a turn as you could see it's just like whoever whoever risks most with the line will be the quickest down there yeah so it's like it's crazy but I love I love I love it there and I guess like what was the most impressive thing about it was the Roger Federer was there as well so I guess everyone was very keep any. Anyone that I follow on Instagram, all the girls are like, oh, I want to like, have a picture of Roger Federer, like blah, blah, blah. Of course they will. He posed for a lot of photos this weekend, that man, who is, is literally everywhere. But like you said, Marcel, those top few games, they looked terrifying, but also fun. I'd love to try and ski them just to see how hard it is. And then go, I'd no, love to see you try the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you sort me out with a set of uh, half decent skis, and I'll uh, and send me to Lenzerhide, and I'll show you how to ski the first six skates. Um, Honestly, I'll hook you nice. up with that. I'll hook you up with that. <laughs> we have like a podcast. Stick like, myself podcast a very big hole from <laughs> Mate, I mean, we'll do it. We'll do a, a podcast from on the road in any ski resort if we can wangle a free trip. It, it just looked. It just looked brilliant. The the person that 
it was obviously we talked about it on our little WhatsApp group. Was quite worried for was Metahrova after that straddle of the of that GSK it looked absolutely brutal and sort of feared the worst for her. But there's a bit they did you see the release the, the press release that they put out? No. Um, it says fortunately nothing is broken uh, and the ties remain intact, which I assume is ligaments. Uh, but I got hit hard in the bone on my right leg and I have to rest for a week. After that, I have three weeks of rehabilitation and a return to the snow. Unfortunately, the World Cup season is over for me, uh, but I'm already looking forward to spring training on the snow. So thankfully, but, no lasting yeah. damage, bone bruising and uh, and obviously, obviously obviously pain, but thankfully no yeah good that there's no ligament damage or surgeries any of that kind of stuff obviously massive shame that it's season over because she's been skiing really well this year um and yeah that would have been brilliant to have her at the world cup finals but you've got to you know take your lumps in in the sport and yeah no surgery is always always the best news The, the other kind of relatively big thing that came out this weekend was was Schifrin looking a bit more like herself she didn't again didn't quite look like she had the energy all the way down the run that we used to see him from her, but she had the speed that we haven't, that we didn't get a chance to see any of um, in Beijing. So that was that was great to see her uh, looking looking like she's finding some form again. Obviously, just at the right time for uh, any charge for the overall. Yeah, it was. I was actually really, I was really pleasantly surprised. Really, I thought it was really nice to see, you know, a good showing from her. Obviously, we'll come onto the Super G, but picking up second in that Super G and then second after the first run, it looked a lot more like her role stuff. It kind of looks like she's struggling for confidence. I mean, that's obviously literally from the outside. Just doesn't look like she's quite got that old sort of roll up and smash the pressure with that lovely technique that she's got. Just doesn't quite look like it's clicking. It's looked like a battle all season long. And I guess you're just going to want to battle her way through to the end of the season and hopefully... um do enough for the business she is 117 points in in front of Petra Vlahova in the standings for the overall so uh, and she's um Hector leads the way in the giant slalom standings Tessa Wall is only 54 55 points behind her and Schifrin's 111 points behind Hector so it's tightening up really really nicely in in the overall and the GS title yeah Vlahova really could have done with finishing um this weekend and getting that what would have normally been for her a, a kind of solid result. Um, yeah, that DNF kind of cost her a lot of points. Go on, Marcel. No, I was just saying, like, I think those two races really hurt Lahova because she was like level up and now she's pulled pulled ahead, Schifrin did. So I think that was really painful for her. And she was she was not looking good in the Super G. Didn't her coach was it her coach that said yes, it was, wasn't it? Her coach he that did. said the Super G. Um, but he was she was I don't even know, like four seconds behind. That did not look good. No, it didn't look pretty. Brianoni, um, yeah, so let me just ask you about the GS title. So the women have uh, one GS coming up this weekend in or Friday uh, in RA before the final. So two GS is left. Uh, Wally, Schifrin and Hector still all in the mix and it looks like in reality it's, it's probably going to be a two horse race really barring DNFs for uh, for Schifrin to come back at it what do you think? What, what do you guys, where's wouldn't your money at? Who, who do you think is going to walk away with it if you were betting on it? Wouldn't it be nice if um, uh, Hector can actually make it happen in Sweden already? That would be such a nice story. I, I love Te- Tesla and like, oh, she's great but I feel like if you look at all the results Hector should to get it done. She looked a bit wobbly on the second run in Lenzerheide, but I hope she can like keep it up, keep it going because she, they, I think they showed uh, the results when they were racing. And I think, what was her result? Like it was three, one, two, one. like it was like all podiums yeah. basically for the last five races. So that is pretty impressive. She took a while to get going, didn't she this year? But then once she found her feet. Yeah. So who, so your money, your money's on Hector, do you reckon? Yes. Title. Ben, do you, can you see the beloved Tessa Worley getting close or do you think it's really going to be Worley? I mean, going to be... I mean, it depends on whether you want an honest answer or uh, podcast, Ben's predictions. Go for honest. Go for honesty. I know that you're going to be um, who you're rooting for, but... Hector's too good. Even when Marcel said she had that bit of a, a wobble on the second run, she still looked fairly... It didn't look like 
collapsing under the pressure of, of, of trying to get the blade. I mean, it just, Tessa had a better second run on, on, on the day to, to kind of take the win. Um, and it was still a pretty close podium, all, all, all things said. And, and like Marcel said, on home snow in a resort she's probably raced in a hundred times, you would think that second to last race favours her. But as as much as that is the case, if, if Tessa could win RA and take it to the finals, then it's back on you know French snow in her neck of the woods. And that would be a really a uh, good way to, to sign off the season winning the world cup finals in your in in your kind of home region not, not quite the right resort but in that in that neck of the woods yeah because you kind of feel like um for for tessa like it's sort of i don't know almost not come out of nowhere because i think that's unfair but you know i don't think anybody expected her to be fighting for a title maybe apart from you ben or, or hoping for a, for, to fight for a <laughs> title but uh yeah i don't know it's it, it's um it's pretty cool and i guess can't remember how old she is, but I'm assuming 32, 32. So she's coming towards the end, especially with Lizaru having retired and stuff. You know, I'm sure some she, she's got to go until she's 40 to prove that she but can she'll do be it obviously, as long as he did. You know, she'll be doing world champs at world champs and homes. No, so but it'd be just a nice way for her to sort of cap off a career. I don't know, in terms of your, your Hollywood ending or your, you know, your yeah, of, she's had she's had like good speed over the years. This has been the first year where she's been a kind of consistent podium contender for lots of races. This is a bit like that. That's what I think probably you're getting at is Hector had kind of dropped away completely for a while, whereas Tessa's always there or thereabouts and people apart from me occasionally pick her for, for races. But yeah, in terms of fighting for the globe, to be honest with you, at the start of the season, you would have said Schifrin, Bassino, Brignoni, Robinson. And apart from Brignoni, the others have had a bit of a mare, like Bassino, who said Schifrin looked like she's skiing without any confidence. Bassino just can't find her outside ski this, like this year. It's so strange for someone who's such a good skier. She's just constantly inside. It's really strange to watch for someone of her kind of skill level. Also, Alison Robin, uh, Robinson, she has the right chakra as well this year. I don't think yeah. they should have let her do the Super G because she just is not settled whatsoever. She looked like she's falling over at any gate um, or every gate. I don't, I, I honestly think she needs to go back to the drawing board because something is not quite right there. We've, we've spoken about it quite a lot. And I think we, en- we do end up talking about it a lot when somebody bursts onto the scene, like Jakob, we talked about it with Jakobsen. We've talked about it with so many athletes when they burst onto the scene and do really well. And then sort of, I don't know, that almost from nowhere, like done really quickly then they sort of peak really hard and try really hard and then over try and it just sort of troughs. And then they sort of find their like, then they sort of pick back up to a, a consistent level where they can perform week in and week out. And I think Jakobsen's still trying to find that, but, uh, but he's certainly an even, way more consistent than he was, even though he's still not very consistent. But Alice Robinson, you just feel that she's trying so incredibly hard and it just, it isn't clicking. And it's almost like, you just need her to get through this season and then get back, do a bunch of training, you know, when she's at home and just try and find, I don't know, a little bit of consistency and a bit of self-belief again, rather than just a constant battle, which it must feel. I mean, it certainly looks that way when she sticks her skis on, but it's got to feel that way for her, hasn't it, really? But Yes, and, and it is a shame because she's a, a, a cracking skier, but she's one of that new breed that only knows one, one speed and that's full speed. Um, and like you said, at some point, you do need to learn that balance of, of you, you can't do it every single gate, even the, the best in the world pick their battles on, on every run. Um, and yeah, she just, like, she's just trying to get too hard and kind of every turn is how fast can I go this turn? And, you know, at some point the chain breaks and, and she's out. Um, but i let Marcel talk about how to ski World Cups because he does it. Well, the thing is like, I, I, I totally feel with her because I know how it is if you like quickly have success and then it's really hard to keep it going. I mean, I guess like everyone is probably going to be quite happy to get like those last couple of races over the line and then just like have some rest because I think China took the toll out of many people, obviously with the Olympics being the Olympics and then also China being China, <laughs> I guess. So it's it, it was quite tricky, but I think... Now it's it's I mean if you if you're I don't know just getting some good results in and then making sure you're not getting injured in the last race or the last races. 
yeah, I mean, that can obviously happen, can't it? If you're getting tired towards the end of the season and you're staring, you know, the, the, the end of a long road, what has been a long and stressful road, not only stress for the games, but stress, like you say, because of COVID and just just trying to stay COVID free before that whole month leading up to the games and what must have gone into to avoiding people and illness at all costs. You know, that's got to be super stressful. You probably... You know the tour's hard enough as it is without you know in terms of seeing your family and stuff and now and with covid you've really had like zero chance whereas you've been trying to stay free so yeah like, you just got it like you say master hopefully fingers crossed that it's a, an injury free end to the season and we can get cracking but uh should we talk about super g super g was pretty cool as well on that track uh mirror dolly picking up her first ever win and doing it in some style shiffrin looking much more comfortable again on that very technical course set. It was great that it was set by Vlahova's coach and Schiffer went, you know what? This is set for me as well. Thank you very much. Uh, and Lara Gutbarami, who looks absolutely exhausted, by the way, uh, getting third place. They said she was injured. What did she do? Or was it just exhausted? Because she was supposed to start the GS and didn't, and didn't race. Yeah, she said that she's uh, in, a, in the press or like the, the sort of tagline from the press from the Swiss team is that she's uh, got in- injured her knee a little bit you know got a bit of swelling in her knee but no, no sort of major injury I th- uh, probably that top you know, six gates put her on don't want to do, do those on a, you've got a I slight think she, I think she's absolutely you don't want to yeah, be I mean that, I think she's yeah. absolutely goosed I mean she she what does she have she had illness at the beginning of the season then she had COVID <coughs> excuse me and then it looks like she got ill again so I think she's just been up against it also she doesn't have good memories from last year you remember when she just stopped after the first gate yeah well at least she didn't even start this time she didn't have the chance to Good just like, out she's she's a quick learner better than <laughs> better than doing that which is the last year actually <laughs> but you know that that super she was so good to watch i can't believe how far apart everyone was i've never seen that before like people came into the finish i guess they thought they were quite good and then they were like three and a half seconds behind i saw like Ramona Siebenhofer, I think she was like, oh my God, what have I just done here? Just, you, it's, one of those, it's one of those that you just pray is somehow erased from your Fizz profile. Yeah, you really wish. Like, you'd probably call you on a leash and just be like, can you please make sure this is not in my profile? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, but by the way, I had like six extra risers on my skis. You could disqualify me if you like. <laughs> yeah, don't put the time in. Just call me disqualified. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, that was, that was a, that looked like a good, super g as well like a like a nice like fast and challenging and obviously as we talked about the the piece itself and that um the setup was was rock solid as well um but yeah they you know those first, you put the, that out of the hat like i mean where did that come from absolutely no idea because it's not like i mean no, no disrespect and obviously very easy sitting here saying it but <laughs> she's been zero all season nowhere near there's not you know, not nobody. Uh, there's no chance anybody would have thought that was on the cards. He was absolutely not. So well, like, but she, but she bossed that run, didn't she? she so did. good. I went when she came down, and I was like, "That looks pretty good, actually." And then, like, all the favourites came, and I was like, "That looks. That's even better now." I mean, she was <laughs> literally smashing that run. I don't know. I but mean, also, it'd be really she, interesting. Be Schifrin was like, she didn't look super quick, but she was so con- like because most people they were just like rattling down most of the run. And Schifrin was very, very controlled. It looked always that she's like ahead of the game. And I thought that was her actually her best Super G all season, I think. Yeah, I thought, it was, I mean, I've, I've very, really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, yeah, I, I really hope that Fizz keep these harder tracks in because it, it brings out the best. Uh, it brings out the best in the best of them. And it also, I think, drags the rest of them, the talent along to go, look, if we're going to go back to these places, you've really got to, you know, nail your technique to make sure that you can compete with the best here. I think it was wicked. Lapsy loved it. Yeah, Vlahova won't be wanting to go back next year. Like, That's rubbish. All right, Lenda Hyde is quite Yeah, but she should else. have, like, it should have suited her, really. You think about that sort of piece and her, te- you know, she's a good technical skier. You would have thought, and with her power, it's like, Lenda Hyder was, like, made for her to put some real pressure on Schifrin at the overall and just let off. I think that's what I think that's what most people thought. I, it might have been that race a little bit, and we've talked about this before. When a, a section or some turns get in people's heads, it didn't help that one, two, and three all skied out 
that you know that's that's one of those things when everyone suddenly starts looking at the monitor and looking for for yeah. like there's like you know there's a oh there's, there must be something horrible we didn't see an inspection where a lot of the times if you ski true to what you looked at originally you'll be fine but everyone kind of almost set, starts second guessing themselves and i mean you know it was tessa was the first one to make it to the bottom and she ended up sixth um and that's for her like she's only really done a couple of super g's this year and that was a, a cracking result as well so perhaps her getting to the bottom gave mira dolly a bit of uh a, a bit of hope and a bit of like yeah that is fine we've, we've skied it we know you need to be aggressive in certain places and, and that's fine i thought it was brilliant um, brinoni won the title as well as we knew that it was sort of uh going to go to one of the one of the italians and uh brinoni picked up the first her italy's first ever super g olympic um olympic uh, globe super g globe world cup globe just making up titles olympic you, globe, you, super, you, super g, g, g downhill <laughs> gold globe the golden globe it's the golden globes you won the oscar the crystal the crystal they're not golden <laughs> the crystal gold oscars no crystal um, maze. um <laughs> no no it was good yeah uh, yeah i thought it's it's been it was it's, it's brilliant. i mean if the other two Standings can be up in the finals, and it can stay Italy one, two, three. That'd be brilliant um, because they have, their speed team this year has absolutely dominated uh, in the women. It's been great. Should we talk about the men's racing from Kvitfjell? I was going to say we should we'll go from uh, back to front, but I think we'll just go from front to back. I think we'll start with the first downhill and work our way through um, the really predictable one. The really really predictable one. So Friday's downhill, the first of the downhills with uh, Nils Hinterman taking the win, but alongside Cameron Alexander. I mean, if you could have predicted that one, it's almost as good as predicting the Mira Dolly one. Uh, and Maya was in third, Foyt's fourth and killed a fifth, two tenths off the pace. Um, did you need you? Sorry, go for, say that again. You could have won a lot of money this weekend. Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah, a multiplier on those two, and you're like rich. You should. That's retire rich. That is retire rich. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ben, you nearly called it right. I mean, you picked Hinterman for the second race. Um, yeah, he got me a point. But if I'd put if I'd put my picks the other way around, that would have been hilarious because it would have been nice. I've had a time machine or something picking that one. He, I mean, they both skied incredible. I couldn't work out where some of that speed was coming from, but wow, those. Canadian men's speed team had a right weekend. Um, and it, Niels Hinterman had a bit of form from from the training runs. He was kind of there or thereabouts. I think one of the days he was really quick and, and, and the other day he was all right. Um, but I looked back after I came in for Cameron, I kind of looked back through and it, it wasn't like he'd like had a storming training run and it was, he, he had the speed all weekend. It was, you know, about as out of nowhere as it can come from. He won one of the Europa Cups there the week before. Um, I think I was, you know, I was, and he didn't even. It wasn't like he won that one by like two seconds or anything. He only won it by a bit, little bit, and then yeah, just goes yeah, that'll be. I'll just do that in World Cup then. By the way, I just want to point something else quickly. Um, a criticism to your commentary. He's called Dresden, Tommy Dresden. That's him, the best German. Yeah, it took me a while. It took me a while to find that one. I did get it in the end, but yeah, it took me a long time. Nick and I going, uh, it's like, well, who's that German? And he's like listing off like six of them. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. He's been injured for so long. I just forgot. That's all. Tommy Dressen. I hope he's he's, on, he's back on skis, isn't he? So let's hope that he's. He's. A, he, I like him actually. He's good. Entertaining. Good skier. Yeah, if he can keep his uh, knees attached to his uh, calves and to his thighs, he'll be all right. I think. But we'll see. What's his um, name again, Ed? Don't know. Dress <laughs> Thomasina Dressy. Um, uh, but yeah, Cameron Alexander. I mean, that is that is a fairy tale, an absolute fairy tale from Bib Thirty Nine. I mean, that place, racing in that place, is one of the strangest places to race because there. Uh, let's be let's be fair. There's not an awful lot that goes on in that downhill or the Super G in that speed. Uh, area so you get to the bottom and you turn around and look at the clock and you're like what on earth is going on because you it just doesn't you know you have no idea where you're losing all that time so he would have got to the bottom going yeah it's probably pretty good turns around it's like what the hell flipping first in a world cup from bib 39 having been like no like nowhere 
It's weird. It looks like there's a few, I mean, again, having not skied it, I wouldn't know, but it looks like there's a few kind of fun bits of terrain to ski. But I, I guess what you're saying in terms of like a whole piece, when you think of the other races on the tour, there's not as much going on. Possibly oh, it's more fun. In the, the, it's fun. Possibly more in the Super G. Looked like it had a bit more flow to it. But yeah, the, the speeds aren't as high as you're used to. And there's the, the jumps are just fairly by downhill jump standards sedate. There's no kind of flying around any corners uh, with one foot by your ear or anything like that. So it's, yeah, I guess I'm scared to use the word boring because um, that's what Marcel throws out for uh, downhills he doesn't like, uh, like kits. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're, yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's really good what you're talking about. As a, as a professional downhiller, I like that. <laughs> no, it, to be honest, it, it, I, I, it was a fun downhill to go and do, but it's just not. It's just not that exciting of a downhill track. I mean, you've got a couple of turns at the top and then it's tucking off the Russie and hope you're hoping that the Russie is going to be big enough to make it exciting. And then it, in most of the last few years, anyway, it's not been a huge jump. And then basically you've got to wait until you get down to the compression for the compression. Then it's the Tommy, Mo, it's the Tommy Mo one, which is that left footer and then the lift. And then you're at the finish line. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's not the most nice exciting on the weekend. It was good weather. It's slow. It looked, it looked, it, it, yeah, it was pretty. It was nice. Um, so that was the first race. The second race, Dominic Paris found, uh, pulled his finger out and won by over half a second. Killed her taking a step towards the, the, uh, the elusive first World Cup win on home snow was second. And Foyts was tied with his teammate Hinterman in third. And Cochrane Siegel was in fifth, just behind. Uh, what any anything to add for that second race? Did what do you think? Dominic Paris obviously he's not had a bit of a topsy turvy year, really, hasn't he? He he has. It was good to see him back to full speed, but I guess it kind of highlights a bit what you were saying about you're never really sure how fast you have or haven't gone there because based on how you describe the track, that's not normally when you think, oh yeah, Paris will smash that. Almost you'd be like he'd get too bored and distracted on the way down from not <laughs> getting in a fight with the hill. Um, he's busy but yeah, it was rifts for his guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's thinking about some stuff for his band. Um, but it was it was an interesting one. How much faster he was than Kilda? Because when Kilda came down, it looked like yeah, and he was celebrating like he thought that had been be enough for the win, uh, which you know these guys don't do very often because they know how silly it looks when someone comes down and puts half a second on you um, once you've been uh, celebrating. So yeah, I can really work out where people are. Was gaining speed on downhill rather than losing it. I can work those bits out, but yeah, I couldn't work out where Paris was was getting some of that speed from, um, especially considering he's not exactly on a brand that's known for producing lightning bases. Was it the first race or the second race where uh, the camera was on Kilda when whoever it was overtook him and he was like swearing and stuff? Is that that second race? That was that was that was that race. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, he obviously that, I don't know if that was a big thing for him or just for the people watching it, but he's like, now I got it. I must have got it today. <laughs> and then someone comes again and it's like, oh, for <laughs> sake. <laughs> so it was quite funny. It was almost like one of those um, things out of, like, Friends or whatever, when Joey doesn't get his uh, award and then swearing on the camera and then realised that he's actually supposed to be applauding. I was like, oh, yeah, OK. <laughs> so, yeah, that was quite funny. But then he finally, but actually, wait, before we talk about him finally getting it done... The downhill standings look pretty spicy going into World Cup finals. Kilda leads, 23 points behind him is Foyts, and then 84 back from Kilda is Meyer, and Paris is 88 points. So in theory, it could go to one of those four, but in reality, it's going to be a pretty tight race. I mean, Foyts has obviously got to hope that somebody, if he's got to win and somebody else to get in between him and Kilda, if he wants to get the title done. But that's... Uh, it's pretty cool that it's going to the World Cup finals again, isn't it? Can Foyt win again? That would be unbelievable. That would be like five in a row or six in a row. So, uh, I think it makes it six. I think that makes it six in a row. That is really impressive. Really impressive, that is. But uh, yeah, Kil weirdly, Kil by his standards, he's not had a great year for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had the previous years before that was one where he's had like 30 races in a row or something ridiculous where he'd only missed the podium once. And, and this year, he's had a few races where he's missed the podium. But as well, he's also had a bunch of races where he's just always there. Um, but it just shows so, you everything is so bunched up this year, isn't it? Like all, like, well, not all disciplines, but most of them, like slalom and, well, specifically slalom and downhill, it's so bunched up. Everyone can win. 
people are making lots of mistakes this year. I think it, it was actually a really good season because you don't see like the usuals on top all the time. You have a, I mean, you usually have like the odd one, which I would say maybe the Canadian. Um, but this year, like there were lots of people winning and lots of people not doing so well, which I thought was was really good for skiing as well. Yeah, so nice to see such a wide variety of winners or, or not just necessarily winners, but people doing really well, even in the top five, not even have to be on the podium. But yeah, it's kept it really spicy. And it's so, yeah, I love the fact that we're we're this close and it's really going to go down to the wire. It's just that extra little bit of... Bit of yeah, I mean, the, the the Canadians had their, their shot on the, the second downhill as well with the guy coming from, from far back, Jeff. Jeff Reed coming from from forty two into into seven, so they had a really good weekend. Those Canadian speed guys, which is really good to see, because they've obviously got that eighties like, reputation of of being like the speed demons. So to actually have like a squad that's kind of getting podiums and pushing this year, and obviously they've had James Crawford's put in a bunch of good results as well. So now they've got a, a squad that can really compete. And and when you think on, on the American side, they they've got Cochrane Siegel, but you know, Travis Ganong's not getting any younger and it's like, it'll be quite interesting to see if there's a bit of a, I guess, speed power shift in, in North America if the Canadians can kind of start, you know, bullying yeah, well, the Americans a bit. How fun would it be to be a part of that Canadian team at the moment? The speed team must just be epic going from race to race. There's always a good result to celebrate. And yeah, it's awesome. I mean, the, from your point about the Americans, Ben, there's a load of... Um, sort of uh, dissecting going on about the American team at the moment, which I think is a bit... Un, un not getting enough spots at the Olympics. Well, yeah, they've had that moan, but we all have that moan. But I think it was a, just, um, yeah, I think a, a little bit a little bit unfair, I think, some of the forensic sort of scrutiny that's going on just after the Olympic Games and basically because I think it was their worst games in, I don't know, the, the length of time, but basically that was, I think, was one of the stats going around and I think it's just all of a sudden just been blown hugely out of the water, but let's hope that they just let the athletes do the racing because that's what we want to see. Uh, on the Super G, Kilder finally getting his first win on home snow. James or Jack, Jay Crawford, I think we should just call him Mr. Crawford. Uh, very very, very close to taking the win. 700th back in second place. Meyer in third, uh, only 1,200th back. And Odomat way back in 28th place, gifting the overall Super G title to Kilder, uh, which we thought was going to be a little bit more of a, a, a tight affair going into the World Cup finals. And um, But yeah, pretty cool. Kilder, I think Kilder was actually pretty emotional, wasn't he? The fact that he got his first win. That combined with Jansrud hanging up his boots was uh you know made for a pretty exciting super g i thought it was it was very interesting can you imagine him sitting at the bottom again and then james crawford <laughs> leading up until the last intermediate and he's like no <laughs> probably like some norwegian standing on the side being ready to throw some like poles in or some woods some some bits of woods that they're like i don't know the whole, the whole crowd had snowballs at the ready to do to do what to christopher said <laughs> what the austrians did to him and schladming Exactly. Just launching flares at him. Um, <laughs> There's just not many, no, he, not many people out there. That's unfortunate for Norwegians. It's like the crowd is the crowd is unfortunately very small. But yeah, pretty cool though. Pretty cool. What do you, you think, Ben? Oh, it was it was brilliant. Like I said earlier, that like there's a the super G looked a bit more interesting than downhill in terms of like the way the mountain flows a bit more for it. Again, still not high speed or a massive fight, but there's a few kind of cool bank turns that look like really fun. Um, but that's probably more just the. Uh, me uh, imagining mincing my way around there um, <laughs> a nice sedate pace so I don't get too scared going too far um, but it, yeah again it looked like it looks like a, a fun hill and it was I'm not sure if it was just the way the cameras lined up um, but it, it definitely got you uh, excited a couple times uh, and when people were coming from one shot into almost the net I think they were doing a shimmy to get round a, a blue gate and yeah. a few people very nearly ended up in the net so I don't know how close they were whether it was just the way the the cameras lined up but that little bit looked, looked quite fun just before you came into that little road section. it's quite narrow there and the way that the piece sort of comes round um and onto that sort of road sort of section is quite it is quite awkward so you do actually go pretty close and i think it was at claret it was was wasn't it claret uh was very close to taking a, a, a what would have been a very painful for a 41 year old to hit those a nets <laughs> so thankfully for him he managed to get, get it stopped before he uh, was engulfed by the 
the a net but yeah no it does get pretty tight there but it's um i don't know yeah like i say it's a it's a fun hill it's not it's not a hugely exciting hill but it's certainly it's certainly fun and i think the super g racing was yeah it was really good and i think in terms of crawford he um he, like he's had the consistency how many of the canadians have we seen like smashing a result from the bloody 50s or whatever it is into like podium positions or top five positions uh and then sort of got over eager and tried really hard and obviously wanted to reproduce that and sort of not been able to but crawford's been the guy that's been able to really find that consistency and he's going to be the guy that's going to drag the the sort of consistent skiing out of the rest of that canadian team and like you say yeah real turn into like a powerhouse team of of a really, really exciting place to be doing your racing. Finally, they were, I love watching like Eric Gay and like Kuchera and stuff. I mean, they were just unbelievable skiers. And I really hope that the Canadians have like a team now that they can compete again, um, which would be so nice also for, I mean, they didn't really have much success lately, unfortunately for them. So um, I can't wait to see more of them next year. Yeah, they 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 look like a fun squad, and um, obviously, as you said, you know, we've banged on for the last maybe like three, four years about the, the Norwegian squad, and obviously, um, with, with one of the the kind of greats from that team hanging up his boots, that there's there's, you know, you have to make these little periods where you've got a really good group count because you know the injuries do creep up on on everyone, especially the the, the big guys in the speed disciplines. You know they get a lot of injuries. So yeah, they really, that, that Canadian team have really got to take advantage of that of that group now. I wonder. I wonder if we look. If you were to really, Mister Statman, analyze the stats, which maybe some more homework, homework. Some, some homework for you. <laughs> but in terms of like team team results or results from multiple people, like the Canadians have got to be, you know, one of the best. I mean, the Austrians, Meyer and Kriegmeier. You've got the Norwegians of. Kilda, uh, the Swiss of Foyts and uh, until until uh, Hinterman, just Foyts and Odomat in speed, and obviously the Italians with just Paris, pretty much. Like all of a sudden, it's you know it's quite interesting that this Canadian group is actually quite you know quite large, really, compared to a lot of the sort of more established European sort of big name countries. Do you think? Yeah, I think that well, I'm sure if we go back and look, there'll be other ones that that, that do pop up from from other countries. What well, the Canadians maybe it's just that they quite, we don't expect quite it. New. Yeah, and also they've done it quite recently as well. Will will uh, uh, be be interesting, but yeah, they do look what well, certainly based off this season that like they've got a cool squad. And now it's like you said, apart from apart from Crawford, the other guys have now got to take that one day speed and and, and bring it to an entire season so that they're regularly competing. Um, but it, yeah, you, you you do need to make sure that you, like we talked about it with the on, on the women's side with people who burst onto the scene. The guys from this weekend are going to have a lot of press to do in the next few days, and there's going to be a lot more pressure. You know, especially from starting in the 40s and 50s. You know, the the start number might come down a bit for the next couple, but once you've got a World Cup podium, whether you've done it from 30, 40, 50, it doesn't really matter. People then begin to expect it of you. Like, well, we know you can do it, so let's go. Yeah, it might be quite nice for them that it's certainly for for Alexander that it's going to be the you know almost the last race of the season. So he's basically got to deal with that pressure for World Cup finals, and then gets to go away and and graft and and find that consistency through the summer. And that no doubt all of the big teams will be down in South America again from this year, and so that sort of training block is going to be pretty cool. That summer is going to be a fun summer for the Canadians. I think Marcel. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I guess it's good for them to have the season finished soon and then just like refocus. Also, I, I don't know, like, I hope that the Canadian team, because they didn't have that many people being quite well over the last couple of years, that they don't like put too much pressure on them. Because I feel like they have a very young squad and you have to give them time. Like, obviously, you can't. QTL is not like the most difficult race. So you can't expect them to go to Kitzbühel on the first time and then. Yeah get like a win from bit 39 so i think just yeah, take yeah. take it slow with them um they will obviously james crawford is different because he has more experience now than the rest of them but i guess it's it's good to give them some time and they will i think they, they are great skiers like all of them have very good technique solid technique and we'll, and we'll claim we'll claim 
some points for as being Brits because of Mark Tilston being their coach. So exactly, we get to claim we get to claim some of that success. So yeah, claim go, all the fame. Go Canada, uh, slash Britain. Um, so uh, just quickly before we look ahead at the races coming up, the overall looks really cool for the men's side of things. Odomat leads the way. Uh, he is a hundred and eighty nine points in front of Kilder. It's again very easy to get carried away with a with three not you know subpar results from Odomat to sort of go, you know, does that leave the door open? But it's the first time that we've seen, I think, really a crack under pressure from Odomat, or crack under pressure, or him just not get onto the hill. Maybe it's just bad timing. But it is it for us as fans, it makes it really interesting going into the rest of the season. On the GS, obviously the GS titles done or pretty much done um with Odomat winning it but you know Kilda now being less than 200 points away is probably in theory probably and if he doesn't I'd love to know what the proper reason is but surely he's going to go to Kranzgagora with a really good chance of just you know of a never say die throw the kitchen sink at it and who knows what's going to happen what are you guys thoughts on the overall do you think there's any chance that uh, Kilda could pull off the great escape and, and walk away with the overall title or is that just uh, again fairy tale i mean i i think it's a bit of a fairy tale i think automat is too far ahead and like the disciplines are not on kill the side but hey, i'm sh- i'm very sure he will rock up in Kranskogora. if he wouldn't i'm very surprised but he hasn't done a gs this year so keeping that in mind he usually picks up very good points in gs so he will be very close by now but would could right? It doesn't really matter. But I think in this situation, he was like, "Well, maybe I might as well just go and see if he put some pressure on Automa. Maybe there's maybe he's like, oh, kill this here now as well because he he did not look very good up there. Maybe he just doesn't like the track or the snow or something. But I I think he will rock up and I think he will do well as well. Kill them. So Automa has to be prepared for that. Can you imagine them? Rocking up for the slalom at the World Cup finals—that would be something. That would be something. I know that's uh, that'd be hilarious watching those two battle it out for you know if it's within a, if it's for a couple of points. How good would it be watch both of those two? And that's probably be, I mean, if the title wasn't so close in the slalom, that'd probably be the biggest story of the whole race. Would be watching these two <laughs> downhillers go at it, looking for like 20, 24th versus twenty fifth spot. <laughs> One versus two points. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, Marcel's right. Is good enough at GS, but we just haven't seen it this year. He might suck. He might turn up and come thirtieth, um, or just not finish. Kranschengor is not the easiest slope to ease yourself into a discipline for the first race of the season, um, but he is an absolute monster. So it's not like it's going to scare him in any way, shape, or form because he can, you know, power his way out of almost anything. But you, you know, to be competing with. Odomat in GS this year I hope he's been training it and has got some kind of sense of form if he's going to go race because you know people who train GS day in day out can't touch Odomat in GS right now so you know if Kilda suddenly puts on GS skis and wins a race then all of the questions just start coming up in why haven't you been doing this well, all I, season I mean I think I think that you could you could probably ask those questions anyway I mean he was he was sixth seventh and eighth in last year he, those are some of his results from last year's GS tour so, but obviously he's targeted the speed races, fair enough, you know, and he's walked away with at least one title. He may, you know, he's leading the downhill as well. So he could walk away with two titles, well, which I'm sure. From an injury. Like, I mean, yeah, exactly. So. so it is going to be, it is like, it is going to be really interesting. Um, but he's, he's the only person that's going to, well, not the only person, sorry, but he is literally going to go in there with no, absolutely nothing to lose. I don't know where he's going to start, actually, because he'll obviously have lost loads of points. Um, but it will be, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be really, really exciting to watch them go do battle. Do you reckon either of them will uh, try and pop over to Flakow for a uh, quick tester <laughs> on the slalom skis? I mean, they'll start 31st. I mean, if you've got, uh, do you know what? <laughs> Ben, you might have called that. Could be an absolute just, just for, just for giggles, just for, just for a laugh, just to put the, just to put the added pressure. If nothing else, just to get an Odomat's head. Kilda starts bib thirty-one. 
I'm hey, had, his, had his slalom running the combined at the Olympics. He's done. He's done a run of slalom recently. Easy. Yeah, he's got it covered. Um, should we have a look at the races coming up this week slash weekend? We have the night slalom from Flakau, which is the replacement for Zagreb. I think it is, isn't it? From that uh, terrible. Uh, By the way, so I just check. Kill the all start with Pip sixteen in Kranskogora if he shows up. There you go. Perfect. Decent. Uh, so we have yeah, Flakau night slalom. Coming up on Wednesday, the 9th, that is a night race. Uh, the men have then double GS in Kranzgagora Saturday, Sunday. Whilst the women ha- are racing tech, they are racing a very strange afternoon race on Friday. It starts at like 2 o'clock uh, UK time, I think, the GS. So it's a twilight, a twilight GS. Uh, and then a slalom on the Saturday, the 12th. Um Let's kick off with some picks. Wednesday the night. Was Flacow, before we before we pick, was Flacow? Was that the one um, Bella said was uh, like a fairy tale or something? Yes. It was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. a gentle rolling. Was it a meadow? Then, a meadow. A meadow, yeah. Yeah. Like a fairy tale meadow or something. And then he won. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> that's, that's what he needs at the moment anyway. Otherwise, he's just going to crash out left, right and centre. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Um, Marcel, would you like to kick us off? With I would like to. Thank you very much. Which race for the slalom, the men's slalom? Um, I think Sebastian Solvakos. Okay, he keeps falling over. I know because I keep picking him. But it's um, flat. It's flat though. He, lo- he lo- didn't he win last year? Or something? He won. He won the second race, and he won it by like. Eight tenths, and the first round, the first day he was winning the first round, so that is not a bad pick at all. That's good, um, Ben. Ben, I'm gonna go with Noel. No matter how much he's done to make everyone think he can't finish a single race, uh, let's go with it. Okay. I, I was about to just, I was about to start reeling off all the people that I might pick. Um, I really wanted to say Dave. Um, that's, that's what that was one of my one of my nearly picks, as well as Jakobsen, if he could if he could find the finish line. Um, but fly down here. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna have. To, I think I'm gonna go Fella, which I feel like is a little bit safe. But I mean, Dave's gonna now start in the top seven, which is pretty flipping good, uh, which gives him obviously a good chance. I think that it looks cold there this week as well, which is good. Um, so back to back wins for Christopherson can't get him in any of our. Oh races. yeah, that's oh god. <laughs> uh, no, he said better. I've written it down then. Yeah. Okay. In the books. All right. Screw you. Um, <laughs> okay, Ben. As our, as um, you're leading our little predictions league, and so you're going to. Am go I still? You. I've had some shockers recently. Yeah, I know. But Maybe Tess has got me back up front. So so have we. Um, uh, but so yeah, you're not going to get to go first in in the GSs. Um, so I'm going to go first, and I'm going to say Odomat. Ben, you can go. You can go second in both. You can go second in both uh, picks, though. Oh, you're so nice to me. Um, uh, right. So you're saying Odomat. Um, I'm going to say uh, Christopherson for the GS. See what happens. I said Pinter for the GS. He's dreaming. He's dreaming. Uh, okay, and then the second race, Marcel. Um, I go for the double pintero. Why not? What? All right. Ben, keeping it uh, French. Uh, I'm going to go Fabra. All right, then uh, I'm going to go double Odomat. Then cool. You go for it, mate. Double. I've gone for it. I've gone for it. Although last, Tristan killed her. Yeah, last year Luke Mayer was second, actually. So that's uh, somebody that, and he's found a, he's found a little bit of form. Yeah, that's a bit of a random stat there. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, okay, on to the women's. The women's racing. Um, ben, you can go first on the women's race. Which one, GS or Salem? The GS, please. Oh, I'm going to have Tefan. Oh, okay. Marcel? I go for Hector. So you're going to go Hector. And that's so 
Do I think? Do I think Vlahova is going to turn up for the GS? Yeah, I think she will. I think I think Vlahova's, uh, and then I'm going to go for her in the slalom as well. So I'm going Vlahova, Vlahova double, double bubble. And I go for Schiffer in the slalom. You're not giving me uh, much to work with here, guys. Um... <laughs> Lena, is Lena is Lena still on form? Lena Durr? She, yeah, she's 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 there or thereabouts. Um, finish finish with Gizin an option. might be quite quite quite. Uh, Gizin could be quite quick on on RA. Um, Sandy, sure Sandy, just... Sandy, 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 Wendy, Sandy, Wendy. Yeah, first win. Yeah, yeah go on, Sandy. Sandy, <laughs> Wendy. If she wins, I, if she wins, you you get double points. What? Come on. Come off it. He if doesn't need wins, any help. No, if crystal, she, no, come on. Like, that that's that's a, really like, if she wins, you get double points. If I get Tessa and Sandy Wendy, just, you just give me that uh, give me that whiskey glass now, Martha. <laughs> I, I don't know where it is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Um, awesome. So... Uh, that uh, brings us to the end of end of the pod. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, Marcel, just congratulations on getting engaged again. Before we before we go, for those of you that missed it on social media, Marcel Marcel went on bended knee. I saved it for the end so that in case, for for most of the people that have already turned off, uh, you're not, most of the people have already turned off, as they always do. I think they they in fact they probably just let it play with it on silent and then. Uh... <laughs> it's like I use I usually use it to but I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah good one good one you um actually before we go there we go and now we ramble on for another 15 minutes no 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 no, no no just just we we, we got to talk about um charlie guest in terms of uh the brits for the brits for the british the british awards so do you know what i think this this hill actually I think this quite suits her, this sort of roly hill. And I think if memory serves me well, she did well here at World Cup in RA at uh, World Champs. So I think maybe even a sneaky top 10 here, which would be an epic way to finish a new PB. Well, she's currently 25th. So she's right on that cup finals bubble. So she definitely needs a, a, an, another good result. A team. To she needs make a team sure at least. she's in there. I, you, you'd think so. I mean, there might not be many people that can that are behind her that are consistently better than her that could push her out. But just to make that, make that, I, I guess, certain, um, because that'd be really great to have both her and Dave there at, at World Cup final would be would be cracking. Um, and like you said, she's been putting some of her best skiing out there this year. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been it's been great to watch. And hopefully, yeah, she can just have an absolute monster and. Uh, Away we go. Is uh, how's Tilly's ankle? Do we know she's going to be making the trip, or is she? Uh, didn't race, race yesterday, did she? No, I haven't. I haven't. I mean, not great place. Wouldn't have been a great place to go if your ankle still isn't great. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't actually spoken to her directly, um, but from what I, the, I have spoken to a few of the coaches and stuff around her, and it was quite sore still and getting a bit of swelling. So I don't know. I think in reality, like she's already outside the 30 in terms of her start list now. So it's sort of like, I don't know if it's not, if it's not right, there's no point. She's not going to make world cup finals and then to go all the way to RA to do uh, one twilight GS. Unless, unless you're really fit, unless that ankle is like tip top, this is, it's not worth it. No point. May as well tackle the, the uh, national champs tour and get some points down and, and hope for a, a sort of, 30 early 30s bib number for the for Solden for next year really which sort of it's, feels, a, it's a yeah. yeah it's a real shame for Alex because she'd had a couple, a couple of like career best results before she before she got injured kind of back end of last year and started this year yeah. was in a good a good space and yeah it's just such a such a shame because it was you know the fact that you're already saying that it's already pushing her out of the 30 when she was getting to the position where she was starting inside and then well, one she was really consistently in uh, yeah because I think uh, yeah I'm sure she's she started, yeah, because she started outside the 30 in uh, what was the race before the Olympics, the one that was in the dark, really steep, uh, sort of dark bottom section to in it. Italy. Yeah, Kromplatz. Yeah, she started outside of it in Kromplatz, didn't she? So, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, not great. Not sort of, yeah, a tough way to end after what was a pretty exciting start to the season, really. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, fingers crossed. Marcel, yeah, what's going on with all the Austrian coaches? They're oh. all getting fired. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're getting fired or if they actually want to just go by themselves. But, but it's, it's, it's quite quite unusual. It's a good time to do it, though, at the end of a cycle. I mean, Pulak has been there for a long time now, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and uh, Mitter, what is it? What, Mitter, what's... What, um... Mitter Christian. Yeah, Christian Mitter, yeah. Maybe so, he go, uh, goes back to Christophers and who knows? That was a good team. That worked really well. It's all spicy. If I was yeah. them, I'd just keep riding those Matthias Meyer coattails for as long as they last. Well, that's what, that's what he has done for 12 years now, so hey. <laughs> um, a, few, <laughs> a, few, a few retirees to get through, but we'll do that. We'll do that another day. Another day, another pod. Another, you know, just any excuse to chat to chat some more crap with youth jokers. We did jokers. Uh, right, nice one. Next time. See you later.